We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire Sports Gambling Podcast, a week 17 edition. We are sponsored, as always, John McKechnie, by the good folks over at BetMGM. If you're betting on the NFL this weekend, do that over at BetMGM.com on the BetMGM app. And please, for the love of God, make sure you use our promo code BETROTO. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O. Very important. Again, that promo code is BETROTO. That first bet, risk-free, up to $1,000. John. You know, we did not skip a beat last week. We we did our duty. We recorded this pod in advance of week 16. You were on the road and in some foreign location, uh, but you are back finally in Atlanta. You've been kind of gallivanting uh, around the, the general southeastern seaboard of the United States. But, uh, you know, I, I know you've had a long travel day, but, uh, you know, glad to be back, I would assume. Yeah, no, it feels good. Uh, you know, as everyone saw, it was, weather was nuts everywhere last weekend. Uh, I'm... I am but a humble sports writer, and therefore I rent an apartment. And uh, I was very worried that uh, you know we'd have some some pipe freezage going on. Yeah. But uh, luckily, uh, Jay, the maintenance guy, frequent guest of of the pod, uh, right of the pod, you know, helped out, made sure the faucets were running, the heat was on, all that good stuff. So all good here. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about. 6 a.m. wake up today, get on the airplane and, and get on the grind. So, you know, I can feel everyone's sympathy uh, even before they even listen to this pod. You know, just knowing uh, the grind that, that I've been on, you know, going all the way to Florida, back to D.C., up to Gettysburg and then back on down here. It's been it's been a whirlwind <laughs> up to Gettysburg. Love to see that. You know, just got to get that football battle mindset. Get, I mean, Gettysburg, if not for Gettysburg. I wouldn't have these bad boys. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, for, for the for the audio listeners of this podcast, I don't even know how to describe this. Kind of a uh, like a riffraff situation. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Neon icon, the Peach <laughs> Panther, the Vanilla Gorilla, <laughs> the Cody and Cowboy. I think at one point he was dubbed. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, BetMGM does not encourage the consumption of of uh, riffraff's music. We we should get that out there. Uh, John, let's dive into week 17. As always, uh, we don't usually cover the Thursday night game. You know, by the time you're hearing this pod, it, it might be during the Thursday night game for all we know. Uh, I wish we could cover it though, because we have, we're going to have chaos, uh, in this Dallas, Tennessee game. Uh, it won't be Ryan Tannehill. It won't be Malik Willis. It'll be ex Jag, Josh Dobbs under center for the Titans who are 
just basically tossing this game out. They don't really care. We know what's on the line for them, uh, of course, in week 18. Uh, any quick comments on this game for posterity before we move on to the main slate? Well, um, I, I'm going to set a personal line. We're, we're still working with BetMGM to, to see uh, as to whether we, we can get this officially posted on the board. But mentions of Josh Dobbs uh, studying aerospace engineering at the University of Tennessee. That That's really what I'm going to be looking for from this game is just how often they mention that uh, oh, yeah. uh, Josh Dobbs also a smart fella. Yeah, people forget that. Uh, it was mentioned quite a bit during his college career. It's been mentioned anytime he enters a game in the NFL. He was, in fact, an aerospace engineering major. Very smart guy. Uh, I, I do wonder, though, and, and we'll be able to talk about this next week, Like, if Josh Jobs looks okay, is the idea that they're resting Malik Willis or are they auditioning Josh Dobbs for a potential appearance in week 18? That That is, you know, I, I don't think anyone expected Malik Willis to light it up necessarily, but they also spent a draft pick on him. And, you know, it, you know, with Tannehill potentially maybe coming tor- towards the end of the line there in Tennessee, like you, you would have figured that, you know, you want to see what you can get out of this, you know, fairly high investment rather than yeah. a guy like Josh Dobbs. So, I mean, I, I, I would seriously question some things about the way things are going in Tennessee. I already do, but if they if they really think that a, a kicking of the tires on one Josh Dobbs is the is like the primary objective here at, at this stage, oh, hey. something's rotten there. Yeah, Malik Willis, not an aerospace engineering major, as far as I'm aware. So maybe, maybe Liberty that, like, doesn't believe in space, so they don't have that program. <laughs> All right, uh, let's look at week 17. Uh, we, we have a more traditional slate this week, of course, uh, without the holiday. We got the one Thursday game. Uh, we're back to uh, a whole gaggle of Sunday games, John. And then, of course, the Monday nighter, Bills Bengals, an absolute banger, potential game of the year. Uh, so we will absolutely talk through that one. But uh, as usual, let's make our first pass here. Which lines stand out to you as a bit too high over at BetMGM? Uh, so among the lines that are a little bit too high, in my opinion, um, I think we, we're both kind of on the same page here as it, as it comes to the Giants. They're just – I think they, they're a, a veritable lock to win that game. But, you know, again, when when the, the conversation definitely ch- changes uh, when you're asking them to cover by a touchdown or to win by a touchdown uh, against anyone, even the lowly Indianapolis Colts. Um, I feel like the Chargers – I know I, I keep like – hating on the chargers on, on this pod they they are a frustrating team to to bet with um if you've backed them you, you've actually come out ahead this year but it, i just still feel like uh monday night indianapolis's terribleness powers kind of overpowered the chargers inability generally to uh play a normal nfl football game i think yeah. that we see that snap back to to being on brand this week i think they're they're in for a weird one at home against the their roommates the Los Angeles Rams, uh, the Bills. Uh, we'll certainly unpack this one a little bit later, but um, I, I feel like th- it's. I'm dubious on them being a road favorite the way that Cincinnati is playing right now, and I felt like the Lions. Um, that I'm just, I I like their ability to score points in this one against the Bears, and the Bears haven't been like a cover machine necessarily. But <laughs> no, they have uh, not. the the the, uh, the Bears. Or I'm sorry, the Lions' defense against this type of rushing attack. It, it does concern me a little bit. Fields really ran all over them in that first matchup in week 10. So again, lines at home, I understand it, but um, six is a little bit much for me uh, at, at this stage as of this recording. Yeah. I think we, we kind of have to do a, a real reckoning on Detroit. Like last week was that shocking 
to me. You know, to lose in that fashion, to get dominated the way that they did uh, by the Carolina Panthers, I think that that, that is cause for, for a little bit of alarm. I mean, they were they were talking in the first half on the Panthers broadcast of like, will the Panthers set the NFL rushing record in this game? It, w- it was happening like early second quarter. Uh, and of course they didn't. They set a franchise record. Uh, but still, I mean, it was there was just no resistance, especially after Detroit had that fumble um, you know, near the goal line. And, and that really felt like it flipped the entire game. I mean, they were about to go up by a score and all of a sudden they're down two scores like 10 minutes in real time later. Um, I, I'm with you, though. I think that number is a little too high. Um, Giants is the one that I had written down. Like to me, and I'll say this, if you go over to roadwire.com, we have that nifty tool where you can compare sports books and the three other unnamed sports books other than BetMGM all have this at five and a half. So I would advise you to, to lock that in now if you can, uh, if you want to go on the other side uh, against the New York Giants in this game. I think they win. There's a lot on the line for New York. There is nothing on the line here for Indianapolis. In fact, uh, it's probably better for the Colts if they lose this game as far as draft positioning is concerned. And I think they're one of the few franchises that like the front office will actually meddle to the point that they will make sure they don't win this game. But I, I do kind of like them to keep it close. I think some people are maybe backing off the, the the Colts just because Nick Foles was so bad last week. I don't think he's going to be that bad again. And the bottom line here with the Giants, though, John, is they just don't one, they don't blow teams out. And two, they don't really score points. So, you know, the, the total in this game is, is sitting pretty low. You know, you'll find it at like 38 and a half, 39. Uh, so we're not expecting a ton of points. The Giants have one game all year in which they've scored more than 24. And that was a 27 point eruption against the Packers. Yeah, that who, who could forget? Um, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Uh, with, with a spread this large in a total that mm-hmm. low and an offense as kind of slow, methodical, um, more interested in kicking a field goal than a touchdown. It feels like a lot of the time it just, it's, it's tough to trust them uh, in that spot. Uh, obviously Dable's going to be able to like coach circles ar- around Jeff Saturday. Like you said, um, you know, there's the element of Indianapolis maybe doing the, the you know, a, a live uh, flash mob <laughs> tank job. Yes. Um, which makes sense for them. Uh, look, looking forward. If, like if, if Deion Jackson like rips off a long run, Jim Mercy is going to jump out of the box and tackle him at the five yard line. Yeah, he he's he's already in the Meadowlands, like rigging the field with like the Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings button um, to to it's try to like landmines buried team. under the field. <laughs> Get the sprinklers on right now. It's a turf yeah. field. They don't have an irrigation system, Jim. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I, I just see this as like a classic twenty one seventeen win and like as far as four point wins go like it could be a three-point game could be a you know a five-point game whatever i feel like it's going to be a comfortable win for the giants but much like all of their wins this season you look back and you're just like wow that was that was closer than it felt you know so i i just think we get another one of those games for the giants the other game that we haven't mentioned we we might have a record for uh most most rat lines this week john do the jets the new york jets and yes they have mike white back do they deserve to be one and a half point favorites at seattle i think they do Okay. Um, and I think it, it's a little bit less to do with the Jets and more with the regression monster coming for Seattle. Like I, I definitely like the the Chiefs with the big number last week against Seattle, and I just feel like that there's been something off with with the Seattle team for the last month. Uh, you know, Mario kind of set me straight on on the pod earlier where I was dogging them for their performance over the last month, and it's like, well, do you really expect them to beat the 49ers and the Chiefs? It's like, okay, fair. I don't, but. Um, you know, they, they had been playing so much better the first two months of the season. Right. And it, it, it feels like they're they're kind of falling apart here as as we as we approach the finish line. The Jets still have a little bit of something to play for. Um, I think that the guys seem to play really hard for Mike White. 
Uh, I mean, we saw Chris Strebler play in an NFL game last week because of Zach Wilson. Mm. So, I mean, good Lord. Um, I feel like Mike White um, is going to get the guys going. And, and yes, Seattle's a tough place to play. It's late in the season, everything like that. Mm. Long trip for the for the Jets and everything. But I still like them to cover this one, even if it, you know, it definitely seems odd to see them as a road favorite in this spot. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it just comes down to, I mean, they've lost – five out of six at this point. It, it doesn't feel like they've lost five out of six. You know, there's just kind of been some strange circumstances in there, even in games where they played well, they've you know, kind of run into some tough situations against Minnesota and Buffalo. Um, last week was obviously kind of a, a shocking result, but I think you could pretty much pin that on Zach Wilson. And I, I think the other thing that's baked into the line here is we have some pretty significant injury concerns for Seattle. Um, I mean, that entire offense is basically on the injury report. If you, mm-hmm. if you go over to, to Rotowire, I mean, Kenneth Walker, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, Tyler Lockett, Marquise Goodwin, Noah Fant, all those guys still on the injury report as of Thursday. I have no idea at this at this juncture how many will play. Uh, the offensive line you know, feels like it regresses every week. The defense has been on a steady decline as well. So I do like the Jets to win this game. And, you know, I, I wrote in beating the book. It's like I, I don't I don't feel like the Jets should be favored. And yet I'm I'm very comfortable picking them. So yeah. it's kind of a kind of a weird line, you know, I, I guess like for, for a team that's lost five of six to be getting or to excuse me, to be giving five and a half on the road, um, you know, going cross country this late in the year, all those factors. Um, what about the other side lines that are a little too low as of Thursday? Um, let's see here. Um, I've, I felt like this one was a little bit tougher to identify that than the ones that were a little bit too big. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the Eagles one. Yes. Really stuck out that uh, they're checking in. Uh, as six and a half point favorites right now, I, I'm comfortable with, with them by seven at a seven and a half number, even up to eight. Um, so I'm strong on the Eagles. I was I was impressed with how they were able to perform last week in Dallas, even without Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I feel like the the Saints uh, they got away with it last week because the Browns somehow fit you know found a way to fail even harder. Um, you know, losing to a dome team when you have the conditions on your side like that is just so is borderline fireable offense for for one Kevin Stefanski. Um, pretty brutal. Um, so for for the Saints, I just don't think that they're going to carry that into this week. I think that they're still too much without an identity on offense. Like if they if they switch things up and they they start going heavy to Taysom Hill, like the Eagles are going to know how to how to respond to that. That defense is deep super talented um, that it's like you can pull the wool over their eyes maybe once with, with Taysom Hill, but I, I don't think that that you're going to uh, win with to, to borrow a phrase of yours, you know, the, the Taysom Hill raid offense. I, I don't think that that's going to, to uh, keep the saints in this one. And, you know, the saints defense is good, but I, I think the Eagles offense is multiple enough, you know, with the run game with, with, you know, the passing game, even with Minshew um, to where I, I think the Eagles really just kind of, you know, get maybe get some of that frustration from last week out on the on the lowly Saints. I feel the same way. I mean, the Saints technically somehow still alive uh, in the NFC South, so you don't necessarily expect them to roll over. I, I just, you know, when, when you talk about a you know kind of this kind of a, a wounded animal game for the Saints, a kitchen sink game, you know, whatever cliche you want to throw out there, I, I just don't know what their options are. You know, and it's like what I, I guess, like you said, Taysom Hill is kind of the one wild card. Uh, that they could throw out, but I just don't think they have the horses to stay with Philly. And, you know, with the Eagles losing last week, they still, they need to get one more win here to to lock up the division and lock up the one seed. And I, I don't think they want to go into that week 18 game against the Giants, just needing to win, like absolutely needing to win. I think mean, obviously they'll be favored. And, you know, if Jalen Hurts is back, you like their chances, but 
you know, any team could lose one game. Like this team almost lost to the Colts for, for Christ's sake. So I just don't think they, they just want to avoid that entirely. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't expect this to be a game where, you know, the Eagles are, are holding anything back or, you know, they're pulling starters early. Like I, I think they just want to take care of business, get the one seed uh, and then, you know, do that resting and all that business in week 18. Right. You know, the, and the, the pressure will be on them because the Cowboys effectively get, we don't know the result of the, of the game yet, but they well, effectively get a buy. Uh, it on, might be a hundred zero. Yeah. So like if they want it to be, it, it could get to that level. So um, yeah, the Eagles need, need to, you know, they can't take this lightly either. So, so that yep. even further kind of fuels the idea of them uh, winning this one. It wouldn't shock me if we see this line uh, move up closer to closer to go time. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, and it's been pretty steady throughout the week. It was at five and a half, up up to six and a half. You know, it's funny that the look ahead line back in August was Eagles three, mm. and it's now it's now three and a half points higher with a backup quarterback. That wow, I mean that that tells you the direct that tells you everything you need to know, kind of about the these two teams and how their seasons have gone. That the the Saints are is there a more like faceless franchise right now in the league? Like <laughs> what what do they do exactly? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the the Tim Robinson figure out what you do uh, meme. I I have no idea. I have no idea. They, I, I think you know the, the direction was supposed to be Jameis, right? That's what we forget. Is like this was the plan was not to have Andy Dalton quarterback this team. You know the Jameis situation just went completely off the rails. We haven't heard a peep from him in like fourteen weeks. I I don't know. I don't know what their plan is, but uh, I'm with you. I had the Eagles on my list as well of lines that are a little too low. If that stays at six and a half, that's going to be in potential lock territory. We'll cross that bridge. Uh, when we get there at the end of the pod, but it's in consideration. I'll say that uh, I have two more. Uh, one of them is, is questionable. One of them I, I feel pretty strongly is a little low and we got to go to the Jags, Jonathan. I, I know there's some complications here. Uh, there's the, the, the prevailing belief is that everything comes down to week 18 for the Jaguars. And in many ways, that's correct. Obviously we know that the winner of that game takes the AFC South gets that, that automatic spot in the playoffs, not debating that whatsoever. However, the Jaguars are, are are still very much alive. I shouldn't say very much alive. Technically, alive uh, to 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 get a a wild card spot. So I don't see this as a a pullback game whatsoever for the Jags. They lost to the Titans earlier this season. I, I think mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a, a vengeance factor, and we also have to take into account that the Houston Texans should have zero interest in winning this game when it comes to draft positioning. Yes, that yeah, that that is a key factor when when you get to this time of the year. Who who's playing to win? Who's not? Obviously, the Jaguars very much in a, in a spot where they need to to keep things rolling. And I, I think that the Jaguars they haven't you know kind of established themselves in, enough to where they they can really you know take do the proverbial take the week off. Like they they need to keep the pedal down and, and get this win, not mess around in Houston. Um, so I I could definitely see the the case for. Um, for the Jags being closer to like five, five and a half, something like that. But um, I took the Texans in, in my initial uh, run through, but uh, the, the more I think about it, the, the uh, less uh, inclined I am to, to back Houston. And I, so the way I look at it is I could see the Jags pulling back if they're up, you know, if it's 17 to three going into the fourth, I think you pull ETN, you pull Lawrence, you know, and at that point you're, you're playing for week 18, they're going to be scoreboard watching as well. But you know, to get that wild card, they need the Dolphins to lose to the Patriots and lose again in week 18 to the Jets. Very possible. They need the Jets to lose in Seattle this week. Maybe not likely, but possible. They need to, the Bills to beat the Pats in week 18. I would say that's likely. And then they need the Steelers to lose this week to Baltimore. Uh, and then they need to lose in week 18 against the Browns. That's Who knows about that game? The Steelers are unpredictable, but it's, it's not completely out of the question 
that all those events could transpire. So I, I don't think the Jags are putting all their eggs in winning the division. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you you gotta you gotta explore all avenues. It, it's it's rare uh, to have a potential division winner that that if they don't get that, that they're completely out of the wild card race too. Um, but that's just kind of the state of things right now. But um, I think yeah, the, the Jaguars absolutely need to just kind of finish uh, out strong, go into the playoffs ripping hot and I, I think they can and Trevor Lawrence is a scary scary individual right now yes and that's that's the final piece of it is like you said the Jaguars are not a team that's been to the playoffs five straight years and it's just get us there and we'll be fine like I think they want to keep this momentum going I, I think you could see it in that Jets game like this is a team that is having fun winning games I don't think they thought they would be in this position I don't I, I think they they want to keep this rolling they want to win they want to go into the, that Tennessee game with as much momentum as possible uh look ahead on that game by the way is Jags six and a half for week 18 Really? Oh, I think that's fair. At home, we have no idea who's quarterback for the Titans. Yeah, the Titans are, are falling apart. I saw that report um, after a recent Titans loss where the locker room had, was like really kind of shook at, at learning the news that the Jaguars had, <laughs> yeah. had also won. And they just kind of <laughs> felt like everything was slipping through their fingers. It's like, geez, right. this, is, this does not sound good that, that, that that's getting out. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I think the Titans, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say they just like, you know, put it on cruise control, but you know, I, I think they, I think they thought they had it sewn up and it, in all likelihood, everybody thought they did. Right. I mean, if you're talking like back in week 10, I don't know what their odds were to win the division. They were probably what minus 2000, something like that. I mean, it, by all accounts, they were cruising their way to this division and, and all of a sudden the Jags are back in it. So I, I totally buy that. Um, the other game that I, I think might be a little too low. And this is, this is the questionable one for me because it is a high number. 49ers sitting at nine and a half. They're at the Las Vegas Raiders. We, we know what's going on. If you're listening to this pod, you're familiar with what's going on in Vegas. I, I, I don't I don't know what the, the Raiders are, are trying to accomplish here other than, you know, Derek Carr not getting injured and triggering, uh, you know, the, the, the guaranteed money in that contract. But, you know, it's in their best interest at this point. To, to lose games. You know, I think you're in, you're in draft pick mode. Uh, obviously that's more of a front office thing than a, than a players on the field thing, but the 49ers, much like the Eagles still have a lot to play for. Like if you're the 49ers, you're hoping that green Bay beats the Vikings and you can move up to the two spot. So I, I, I think the 49ers are, are not quite in pack it in for the playoffs mode. No, I, I don't think so either. I think they're, they're going to keep things going. They, they need to, you know, if it is going to be Purdy for the re- rest of the season, like they need to get him as many, you know, like, just full on reps as possible. So they, they need right. to like keep, keep things going as far as that goes. The defense is, I think that is, that is why I'm comfortable with taking uh, the, the Niners at such a high number because Jared Stidham is Ooh. so bad. Like he he's bad. is, he's terrible. The, we, we lived in a world like two years ago where Patriots people were trying to talk themselves into into saying that Jared Stidham was going to be something yeah uh, no not even a little bit so he's a non-serious quarterback I don't know if he's the worst quarterback playing this weekend but I mean it is it's a short list of other guys that, that are even in contention relative to Stidham so I I could see at least once one defensive touchdown for, for the Niners to kind of help boost the cause as far as covering this number is concerned. And I, I feel like the Raiders defense isn't going to have a ton of answers for what San Francisco does on offense. So all of this lines up yes. pretty nicely to me. And I, I don't think that this is a galvanizing moment for the Raiders now that Derek Carr is benched. If anything, like <laughs> yeah, I, right. I think we're, we're closer to mutiny watch. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Is I, I think the Raiders are the number one team for me that is on just pack it in mode watch. Uh, I mean, if you if you saw the Josh Jacobs interview after the last game, that looked like a guy who was just completely dejected. You know, but basically was talking as if he wasn't going to be playing for the Raiders next season. Uh, I I, th- I think there's kind of been some internal mutiny already. If you if you kind of read some of the stories around this team, so yeah, if there's one spot where I see a team just kind of laying down and, and throwing in the towel this is it. And if you don't want to do that against the 49ers because they will absolutely take advantage of it. Uh, the 49ers, by the way, John, 32 straight quarters without allowing more than nine points. They've allowed seven or fewer. So basically one score or, or fewer in 31 of those 32 quarters. They in, in their 15 games this season, they've had more yardage than their opponent 14 times, and they've had more yards per play in 13 out of 15 games. I mean, that, that's certified wagon status. Yeah, they they are nothing to mess with. Um, it, you know, the real question all along is, you know, how how's the quarterback play go, going to you know stay afloat? You know, it started out with Trey Lance. They lose that game in Chicago. Uh, they they got to go to Jimmy G. Obviously, a great backup to have. You know, with, with all the starting experience that that yeah. he has, he goes out and you're seemingly without a paddle. And then Brock Purdy just is this godsend. Like Purdy's a badass. Like just full stop. And, you know, the, the, they've been able to kind of keep uh, the wheels churning uh, even, even with him, Mr. Irrelevant being back there. So, I mean, yeah, the, the Niners are about as scary of it. I, mm-hmm. I think they might be my NFC team right now. It, it is crazy to say, but they just, they haven't missed a beat. They have not missed a beat with, with Brock Purdy. And, you know, I, I'm still on the Eagles. I, I think for, for whatever reason, like all year, it feels like the Eagles just continue to be underrated. And as long as Jalen Hurts is back, I think they've earned the team to beat status. And look, if, if the Niners, if, if they had Trey Lance and he was playing well, or even Jimmy G, I, I'd feel a little bit better about it. I just, I, I think they're the best. They're the team that I maybe trust the most. I think they have the best roster, but I, I'm not ready to put Brock Purdy, you know, put my faith in Brock Purdy over the guy who was going to win MVP if he didn't end up missing time at the end of the year. So I, I, I'm still trying to keep the respect I have for the Philadelphia Eagles, but I, I think things are lining up well for San Francisco, especially if they are able to pass Minnesota and get that two seed. I mean, they'll play most likely the Giants in round one. You feel great about that matchup. And then I guess most likely the Vikings in round two, getting that team at home. I, I, I think they just absolutely gashed the Vikings defense. Yeah, that, that that would set up great for them if they end up with, with the two seed. But I don't see them getting tripped up until the NFC no. championship, no matter what the road looks like. Uh, um, so obviously they, they want the higher seed, easier first round matchup and everything. But I, I'm having a hard time seeing a, a potential loss in t- until like that yeah. last weekend in January. So if, if they if they beat the Raiders and beat the Cardinals, which they should these last two weeks, that would be ten in a row going into the playoffs. Like, is does that worry you at all? Like, should should they mix in a loss here just for some are, are they too hot? Yeah, right. Exactly. Are they are they too hot? Oh, uh, as someone who's still very scarred from the the Ravens, like fourteen game Ooh. winning streak or a twelve game winning streak or whatever it was in yep. 2019, then they got bullied. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- there is something to be said for for taking an L late in the season, re- regrouping. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe this Niners team just needs to needs to keep keep it going, stay hot. One note, by the way, as we talk about teams like the Raiders who are eliminated, and and somehow there aren't that many teams that are totally out of it. Like if you, if you mosey on over to five thirty eight, it's it's astounding how many teams that you thought were eliminated like four weeks ago still have hope. Like the Steelers, like the Patriots, somehow control their own destiny. That doesn't feel right, uh, but eliminated teams that are facing teams that need to win over the final two weeks of the season are covering at a 63% clip 
over the last 30 years. So we, we need to approach these with some caution, but I, I have no faith in the Raiders. I, I was pretty comfortable. I think we had the Niners at like six and a half or seven and a half in staff picks. And yeah, if this stays under 10, I still feel really good about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I, I don't see it going too much higher. I think we've kind of seen the, the, the bulk of the, the market reaction at this point. So, I mean, it would take like Devonte Adams, like, just saying I'm not playing in this game or something for, for it to it to yeah. move any further, I think. All right. So last week, John, we, we had an unprecedented situation on this pod. We we didn't lose or win our best bet. We we doubled up on the Eagles plus six. Miles Sanders just took out uh, a shotgun and fired it directly at the football and fumbling late in the game, killed what, what should have been a sure Eagles cover. I think they maybe win the game without that fumble, but at the very least, they were likely going to cover that six point spread. Instead, you know, they gift the Cowboys good field position. They kick the field goal, make it a six point game. We end up pushing. So how do we handle this with the read? Um, I, I think, uh, but what would be just is to do what we did last week, just roll it over. So okay. uh, we're, we're splitting her up again. I think, I think you're right. I think it's the only thing we could do and I will lead us off. Kick off week 17 of the NFL season with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM right now using bonus code BETROTO. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O. And your first wager over at BetMGM is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older if you're in Ontario. This is a new customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. And of course, John, this excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877 877-8- Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or call 1 9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 531 2600 to speak to an advisor for free free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, as well as other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Okay. You know, it, it feels all right to, to be doing that read and not be coming off of a loss. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll take a push in that scenario. I think we we took a little bit of a leap doubling up on Philly, but I, I, I feel like for the second week in a row, I, I believe I was on Philly the week before against Chicago. I think it was the right pick, John. It was. It, it. I felt uh, shorted. I felt cheaped out. Uh, I, I was very disappointed with with how the end of that game shook out, especially with the Eagles. You know, starting out so hot. I think they had a defensive touchdown. Um, things were just looking so good for it. Like that cover, it, very similar to 
or not exactly analogous, but similar. I had Arkansas minus two and a half yesterday. I was like, this is a freaking laugher. All right, sweet. And then uh, I'm like checking my phone at dinner and it's like, oh no, they're, they're bleeding this one out. And then it gets to the goofy overtime rules where you can't score more than two points on a given play. And you know what? Uh, so you, you lose by the hook and uh, that, that is going to haunt me for, for days. I, yeah, I was watching that game and just, yeah, I mean, Arkansas was up. Were they up 20 plus at one point? I mean, I was, I, I thought that was sewn up. I turned away. Yes. I mean, it, it was at least 24 to seven or something going it, going into half. Like they, Arkansas, uh, tisk tisk, uh, Sam Pittman, letting your boys just kind of let Kansas move you around in the second half there and, and really push you to the brink after, after starting out hot, reading your own press. Mm. Uh, you know, I love Sam Pittman usually, but he, you know, he's in the he's in the outhouse for for the foreseeable future. Very, very uncool by Arkansas. Uh, let's get back to the week 17 slate, John. We'll rifle through these games that we did not hit uh, in the first segment. And man, uh, we, we got to talk about it. Cardinals Falcons battle of the birds down in Atlanta. Uh, 42 is the total in this game. Honestly, that seems a little high. Uh, we are seeing the Falcons as three point home favorites. Uh, what's your take here? I, I don't have much to say about this one. Is this uh, would this be the Eric Metcalf <laughs> Memorial Challenge? I think we can call it that. Yeah. Okay, because he, he he played for both of them. I think right. I will take your word for that. I will confirm uh, in a matter of moments. Uh, he let's see. Eric Metcalf played thirteen seasons. He did. He played two seasons for Atlanta, and he played the nineteen ninety eight season as a member of the Arizona Cardinals. There we go. Okay, I knew it. I knew it. So, well done. Uh, yes. Uh, but this game, I mean, if it was McSorley, that then it's a slam dunk for for Atlanta. I mean, McSorley yes. was. I mean, the the idea that Cliff just like he he almost like thought he was Shanahan with with the Purdy situation where he just kept running the same offense uh, despite the the drop off at quarterback or the expected drop off at quarterback. Whereas Purdy was it and plays in a good system has been great. McSorley way in like I tweeted he had twenty one pass attempts at halftime like. He shouldn't have 21 pass attempts in a game. No. So that was just bleh, uh, so bad. But they, they'll get Colt McCoy back, so that, that certainly helps things. Have not been impressed whatsoever with, with Desmond Ritter yet either. So, again, like the, a game we just have to talk about for just for the sake of it. I, I'm on the Falcons here because I think that the, they, at the very least, have uh, a, a strong run game right now, and I think that they, they can just they, – they'll be able to play their style. Their style doesn't work against everyone. But I think against the Cardinals, it will. Um, so uh, I know Vance Joves, Joseph has done a good job as the defensive coordinator there so, to, to a certain extent out in Arizona. But I, I feel like in this particular spot, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with the, the hometown uh, Dirty Birds. And one other stray observation I had from last week. Did you know that Arthur Smith is like really annoying on the sideline? Yes. Okay. I, I was kind of unfamiliar with, with that element of him I, I you know i usually have a, the falcons game on in the background but i'm right. not intently paying attention to it as much as whatever's on the on the main tv that guy he's a complainer i don't love that he's a complainer he looks like a complainer uh yeah he it, it, it hasn't been pretty that's for sure he's just like kind of always in like a pouty mood um yeah working the referees things of that nature I really don't have a strong lean here. I, I wish this was at two and a half. I'll tell you yeah. that. It, this seems like a three-point game to me. Um, Arizona, though, they're down to 30th 
in total DVOA on the year. I mean, things are just kind of collapsing uh, from the inside out for them on, on both sides of the ball. I, I, if, if with McCoy, I, I think I went with the Cardinals in staff picks. Uh, obviously, you could tell that I, I don't feel that strongly about it, but uh, th- this might be the the stay away of the week for me. Yeah, I, I would cer- certainly as the line stands, um, you know, we're, we're, where we're over that magic number. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that this would be one to to maybe just move along from when you're when you're filling out your card this weekend. Yep. Uh, real quickly on Bears Lions, and we talked about that one. I, I like the Lions here. They're at home. They have something to play for. They they want to set up that that potential Week 18 showdown with the Packers, depending on what what goes on uh, at Lambeau Field this week. Uh, you know, I, I'm approaching Justin Fields with some level of caution. Uh, you know, the Bears are are one of those teams that doesn't really want to win right now. They probably prefer to pick second. Uh, we saw you know Justin Fields only ran the ball five times last week uh, against Buffalo. I, I do think it was in their best interest to protect him at this juncture in the season. However, he's just under 200 yards away from setting the single season quarterback rushing record. And look, I, I don't think coaches really care about that. I don't, I don't know how much the organization cares about it, but uh, interesting nonetheless, because he, he ran wild on this Detroit team earlier this season. Right. So that that's a, a really good point about, you know, them maybe putting the kitty gloves on him a, a little bit um, as, as it comes to uh, his rushing attempts, because he, like you said, he ran all over Detroit the first time, but since coming back from, from that shoulder injury, a little bit dicier. You know, it's a franchise. We're talking about a team that's not going anywhere. Uh, would like to be picking second. Although, oddly enough, you know, straight draft observation. But, like, you're picking second, but they're, they're probably not an offensive guy that's mm-hmm. really uh, – so they might – I could see them trading off of that, frankly. Um, oh, big J- time. Just getting Jalen Carter, as good as Jalen Carter might be, I don't know if he – fixes the bears all their defense is, is pretty abysmal too but i think they want to get some weapons for fields but besides the point uh, i'll uh i know i, I expressed some mm. some concern about the the lions covering this earlier um but I, I if fields isn't running then i think the bears get cooked yeah i, I think they absolutely trade back uh especially because the pick that they gave up to get chase claypool would be the 33rd pick right now uh so i think maybe maybe you try to recoup some value uh, after that deal. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, there's going to be plenty of teams looking to move up uh, for these quarterbacks in the 2023 draft. So I think if, if they do hold on to that second pick, they're actually in a perfect spot to end up moving back and collecting some more draft capital. Uh, one other thing to monitor in this game, Jamal Williams uh, on pace to lead the NFL in rush TDs. He was 150 to one to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns coming into the year. Uh, the two guys close behind him are Derrick Henry and Jalen Hurts, and neither oh. are expected to play this week. So if you're if you happen to be holding a Jamal Williams one fifty to one most rush TDs ticket, you're in pretty good shape here. That's incredible! What a what a pull! Nice prep. Uh, uh, good on him. Good on uh, on Jamal Williams, and good on anyone who somehow found that wager, who had the patience to to like click through enough pages to even find his name on that one. Uh, all right, we talked about Jags Texans. Let's go to Broncos Chiefs. Uh, not not a ton on the line here. Uh, I will say Russell Wilson six and zero ATS in his career when he's a dog of at least seven points. He's two and zero this season in those situations. With that said, I mean the, the Broncos for like the twelfth time this season reached a, a new rock bottom last week, um, allowing fifty one points to the LA Rams. I think that defense just. Finally, like the I don't know what you call it, like the, the the structural integrity test failed. You know they've been propping up this team all year, and it felt like everything came crashing down last week. Obviously, nothing to play for if you're Denver and the Chiefs. Very closely going to be monitoring that Monday night game between Cincy and Buffalo. 
Um, as of right now, the Chiefs are the number two seed. Should Cincinnati beat the Bills, however, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs would move up to number one, assuming they win. So I, I think this is a great spot for the Chiefs. They, they've come up short in some of these big number games already this season, but they're yet another team that you, you think maybe would, would take its foot off the gas late in the year, but they, they need to win this game. I mean, the, the one seed is very much in play. Yeah. And when the one seeds in play, like that's so important now that there aren't two buys like that, that's just absolutely colossal. So that they're going to want this one. I know that the Broncos kind of, you know, push them to the brink a little bit in that, in that first game. Um, I, you know, similar to uh, what we were talking about with the, with the Raiders and like this not being like a galvanizing moment. Like I think that this is, you know, Hackett, Hackett being gone, I don't think leads to like some sort of big resurgence or, or everything clicks all of a sudden for, for this Broncos team and the defense. The defense has been what's kept them alive, you know, not even in the respectable territory, but like anything less than an abject disaster this year, even though it kind of has been even despite that. But then the defense, the one thing that's been OK about this team gives up 51 points to Baker Mayfield. They, they could be in trouble. Like you said, the, the Chiefs. They, they, you know, there's no better team to kind of like search for a big sample of, of these type of such situations where they're uh, double digit favorites. Uh, and I know they haven't been great in them, but they, you know, they took care of business this past week against Seattle. I think we see something very similar that this time around. So I, I'm comfortable with, with backing the Chiefs with that many points. Yeah, Chiefs 12 and a half is the number over at BetMGM. I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's high. It's higher than I'd like, but you understand the number, and it's it's pretty tough to mount a case for the Denver Broncos right now. Um, you know, interim coach has like never been a head coach before. He's never been anything above a, a special teams coach. Uh, he was out of the league for three years before this season, so I, I don't really see uh, much of a dead cat bounce here or, or a, a dead horse bounce, I guess, for the Denver Broncos. Uh, let's go to Dolphins-Pats. This is another noon game on Sunday Patriots two and a half point favorites at home. Didn't see a ton of movement, uh, you know, with, with Tua to, to Bridgewater at quarterback. I think based on what we've seen from Tua for the last five weeks or so, it just doesn't really feel like going to Bridgewater might be all that big of a downgrade. No, it, it doesn't. Um, Tua, I thought, played well in Buffalo, but, you know, for, for every one of those, he has another game like last weekend uh, with all the interceptions. So, yeah, the, the the move to Bridgewater, like you know, in, in your fantasy championships, like I, I'm I'm definitely still locking Waddle and, and Tyreek into my lineups. Maybe the run game gets going a little bit more. Maybe they they try to uh, see what they can do there. Um, you know, the pass rush for for New England is scary. I think that's one of like the scarier like in game units that that uh, is in play in this particular matchup. But Bridgewater gets rid of it quickly. I, I don't think that Judon and, and Uche are going to necessarily like be setting up shop in that backfield. Uh, the offensive line a little bit closer to full strength, I believe, at this point than it was a few weeks back. So that, that it's like a flimsy support of the Dolphins while also getting to this point. The Patriots suck. They they're not they good. Um, Mac Jones. Grayson, the Grayson Allen comp getting thrown, that sticks to you, man. Like that, it takes a lot to, uh, to get that stank off of you. Once someone says that you're basically the, the football Grayson Allen, and that's where he is right now. Uh, the offense, terrible play calling, terrible design, not a lot of talent. Um, I think that Miami's defense will be able to, to keep New England in check there. Really, you know, if the Patriots cover or win this game, it'll probably be on the strength of like something crazy happening with like Jones in the return game, that that type of thing. Because otherwise, straight up, 
off, their offense versus Miami's defense and Miami's offense versus their defense, I give the Dolphins the edge on both. Yeah, I, I, I lean New England here, especially at two and a half, just because they're at home. I, I mean, that's really all I can come up with. You, you laid it out pretty well. I, I think there's kind of this, this element of unpredictability with Teddy, but at the same time, he's not... He's like the complete opposite of Taylor Heineke, right? I mean, he's not going to just like come in there and sling the ball around and, you know, maybe he throws four picks or maybe he throws four touchdowns. Like, I think he's he's probably safer for this offense than than the Tua that we've seen for the last month. So I, I'm kind of in line with the odds makers here. I don't see that as a major downgrade. Uh, obviously, this is a huge game for both teams. There's, there's not really any motivational factors on either side that would that would kind of swing you in one direction or the other. Uh, we should note Ramondre Stevenson still limited at Thursday's practice. I mean, if he's... If he's still nursing that ankle injury, that's a, a very, very big deal for the Patriots offense. They have a couple injuries at receiver, tight end as well. Uh, but I, I give a, a slight edge to New England. Obviously, I don't feel great about it. Uh, Bridgewater, by the way, 43 and 22 ATS in his career. That's 66%. Uh, however, he's 15 and 15 in his last 30. So that means at one point he was 28 and 7 ATS through his thir- first 35 starts. Uh, he's also 20 and 4. ATS as a road dog, which is ridiculous. Vegas in the, in the last 30 has finally figured out one Teddy Bridgewater after he was a menace for years. Yeah, they have, they have one guy out there who's his whole job is to just set Teddy Bridgewater lines. <laughs> the, the, the first guy, uh, you got like the Austin Powers, your fired chair. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Tampa Bay where we get Panthers, Buccaneers, uh, Buccaneers three point favorites at home over at that MGM. This number uh, been on a, a steady decline. You know, it, it opened at at six. It was at seven uh, as recently as I, I think what like last Saturday or Sunday. Uh, and then after the Buccaneers win and after the Carolina Panthers dominant win, it, it it went from four and now it's been sitting at three for the last couple of days. I I, I picked the Bucks in pick them. I, I I took the Bucks in staff picks. However, it was kind of a hedge pick for me because I really, really, really want the Panthers to win. And it's not, it, this is not an anti Tampa Bay thing. I don't even hate Tom Brady. I'm just so sick of watching this team. I, I don't want them in the playoffs. No, they are, they are a slog to watch. And we've gotten a lot of them on national TV this year. I'm glad that this one, it, it, they're amongst uh, the normies in, the, in that window. Mm-hmm. I, I almost made the Panthers my best bet. I, I came, I came. Oh, there's so, still time. I feel nauseatingly like so good about the Panthers this weekend that it it, it almost feels like a lock that I, that I'm wrong um, because I, I think that this defense on the Bucks not quite what it was last year or two years ago and the offense is obviously pretty putrid the the Panthers have some pieces on their defense and you know if they, it all comes down to you know they have a very thin margin for you know, how they can win a game but if they do get the ground game established you know la- last weekend. Uh, images of D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart danced through my head uh, as they were running all over the Lions. <laughs> Steven Davis. Yes, man. Like, it, you name it. They, they've had some absolute dudes. In, uh, Foster. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that the Panthers can go in there and do it. There's a there's a little bit of something to them. that They seem to have rallied around Wilkes, and uh, the Buccaneers feel like, you know, they're just kind of playing out the string. And, you know, I, I don't think that they have, like, that level where they can like tap into something else and find a new Mm -hmm. gear at this point in the season. I think they are who they are. A couple of their wins have been just against miserable opponents. You know, like the the saints gave them that game on Monday night, a couple weeks ago, the Cardinals, I turned it off after the Cardinals didn't score on their first drive in overtime. I was like, I've seen this movie 
a million times, and I hate this movie. I know it's it's like you know a movie that replays on USA Network every single Friday. I I mean the Buccaneers have played the exact same game now three times in the last seven weeks. Like the Cardinals game, the Saints game, and the Rams game felt exactly the same to me throughout, and it they just they keep finding ways to stay alive. Um, you know Sarah Walsh, who's the uh, NFL Network reporter, covers covers the Buccaneers. She was on the Rosillo Pod this week. And she mentioned that, you know, being in the locker room, even after their wins, she's like, it feels like losses. Like this team <laughs> is not celebrating. Like there's, they, it's like, they kind of know they're, they're in this weird spot right now. Um, there, there's always going to be that belief. Like if they win this game and that would clinch them the, the NFC South, like if they're in the dance, you're never going to just count Tom Brady out, especially if they're playing Dallas, you know, like he's had, he's had Dallas's number. Uh, Dallas is, is always like going to be shaky in those situations, yep. but I just, I just hope we don't even have to deal with that. Uh, Tampa Bay, by the way, three eleven and one ATS on the year, and the total in this game sits at forty and a half. Bucks are thirteen and two to the under this season, which is preposterous uh, for for a Tom Brady led offense. But I get it. I, I think I think this number is is perfect. And the last time these teams played, they combined for twenty four points. Tampa only scored three. That's right. Yeah, that was that was when we still. That was like our first like real sign that there was something wrong with Tampa Bay, like mm-hmm. that oh maybe they're not going to to get this thing figured out because they, early in the season you know they they win some games but it's not pretty but it's like okay they're they're still gonna they're gonna hit their 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 stride here Godwin will get healthier Mike Evans will get more involved the run game will get better none none of those things and nope. the and the, and the defense just isn't as dominant. Uh, as it has been in recent years, the offensive line obviously had some attrition before the season and during. It's just been uh, kind of a mess. And yeah, they, they do just kind of seem like this joyless outfit. And, you know, I think the record that they have, it, it speaks to the fact that there are just so many bottom rung teams that there are teams that will qualify as a bottom rung type of team most seasons. But there's just a lot of them now. So you can't really lump them all together. But, you know, definitely benefiting uh, fr- from the schedule. But you know, hey, I'm a Ravens fan. I know all about benefiting from an e- from a soft schedule this year. Oh man! Speaking of bottom rung teams, Browns at Commanders. Uh, I, I mean, Commanders minus two. Uh, they're at home. Uh, totals forty in this game. Just, just so, so ugly. We're we're going back to Carson Wentz yep. for Washington. Uh, with the Browns, I, I just don't even know what what's left to say here. I think we we know Deshaun Watson has been disastrous. Um, I mean, they've scored three total offensive touchdowns since he's taken over. They've had their two worst offensive games of the year by far with Deshaun Watson under center. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Jeff on the XM show earlier this week about, you know, how we were talking about guys like Amari Cooper coming into the year. And the way we were framing it was like, yeah, if you draft Amari Cooper, you, know, you might have to suffer through some, some pretty rough weeks, but man, once Deshaun Watson gets in there, he could end up winning you your league. It's been the complete opposite. And you you feel like beholden to starting him because it's like okay this is going to be the week that Watson gets it figured out and it's like oh, I'm not so sure about that but um, yeah the, the Browns and, and especially the 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 Watson or the line of demarcation where Watson took over you really did feel like the Browns were were going to hit another level that that Texans game right off the jump was hideous and pretty much every other game even the Ravens win was not pretty and they were going up against Tyler Huntley and everything so. Um, even with all of that being said, Washington benching t- Taylor Heineke, bad vibes. And going to Carson Wentz, worse vibes. So, you know what? Browns on the spread, Browns money line. Look, uh, 
I, I think if you're a Packers fan listening to this, that's exactly what you're hoping for. And it's interesting because we'll know the result of this game before Packers Vikings kits off uh, in the afternoon window. Um, Packers, you know, if the commanders win this game, they, uh, the, the Packers need the commanders to lose then in week 18, or they need two giants losses. So, you know, all hope is not lost necessarily, but, um, yeah, going to be a lot of scoreboard watching, I think in green Bay heading into that game. I, I think you're right about the bad vibes. You know, I, I can't really think of a, a precedent for this where a team, a team that is very much in the playoff race, a team that controls its own destiny to make the playoffs is willingly making a quarterback change without an injury at this juncture in the season? Like, when does that happen? It, I, exactly. And and I don't think that Heineke was even the problem last week in San Francisco. I guess he was a little bit rough against the Giants the, the previous week. Yeah. But, but you know, it, they only asked him to throw the ball like 18 times last week, and he was having success when he did drop back. I think he was over nine yards per attempt. You know, uh, Jahan Dotson starting to, you know, straight comment, looking like a guy, oh, yeah. maybe even a dude. Um, big time so, guy, big time dude vibes from John Dotson. It, it's crazy how he's a first round, like a top 20 pick with like the least amount of buzz for a receiver that like we've seen in recent years. Like Jalen Rager had more buzz going into his rookie season that, that, and he was picked later uh, than Jahan Dotson did. But that guy, him and him and scary Terry together, they, they can figure out the quarterback or if Taylor Heineke can eventually figure it out or maybe Sam Howell back there. But to, to go to Wentz right now, I know you're paying him a lot of money, but, Heavens to Betsy that that it's you're just signing. You're walking into a disaster of your own design. Speaking of Dotson and, and just the general rookie of the year race, uh, I, I tweeted this out earlier, but uh, I was checking into the offensive and defensive rookie of the year odds. Uh, Sauce Gardner basically has defensive rookie of the year sewn up. He's like minus almost 1300. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I wouldn't say it's sewn up. He's minus 200, but he, he is the relatively heavy favorite at this point. This would be only the third time ever that the offensive and defensive rookie of the year are from the same team. And it would only be the second time in the last like 50 years. Uh, the other being Lattimore and Camara uh, in what, 2017? I think that was. Yes. Wow. Crazy. Right? I, I would have thought that would have happened. I don't know, five to seven times. Yeah, that is unreal. Um, you know, it, it, I guess it's, it's not often to be in the jets position where they had two high first round picks, yeah. but at the same time, like, it's not like the the other players that were you know drafted in in those windows uh, have all been amazing. So like they they got it right on both of them, and that's that can be pretty tough to do even in the first round. Right, and that's that's not even talking about the guy who was maybe the best rookie of them all in Brees Hall. I, I mean, like what a draft! Like these are the type of classes that you know kind of build foundations for for really good teams for a decade i mean i think that that seattle class you know russell wilson bobby wagner whoever else was in that Mm -hmm. um, like that that set them up for a a solid like seven to eight year run and i I think if they get the quarterback position figured out uh that the jets could be looking at something similar but yeah i was surprised i I look back i'm like oh wait did did tj yeldon and dante fowler didn't do that for the jets All right. Um, a few more games to get to. We, we talked Niners, Raiders. We talked Jets, Seahawks. Let's, let's go over to Vikings, Packers. Uh, this number opened at three. It's now up to three and a half in favor of Green Bay. Pretty high total here, 48. Uh, weather, by the way, just not really an issue for the most hmm. part. I mean, we have a complete reversal from last week, despite it being later in the calendar. Uh, it's like unseasonably warm. I mean, it's 50, it was 55 here in Milwaukee today. Um, so yeah, we, we, we don't really have any like wild weather situations to keep an eye on. And I think that's part of the reason what we're seeing a high total here. I'll tell you this. I, I know there's a lot of momentum with green Bay. They've won three straight. I, I think everything's kind of falling their way in terms of the, the other events that they need to happen. I'm not sold. I'm really not. I, they were, 
I mean, almost doubled up in yards per play last week by the Dolphins. I think if Tua just doesn't completely implode with, with the concussion, what have you, I, I think they lose that game. Um, I, I just, I'm not convinced. I, I'm really not. And I, I think they could score on Minnesota. I think this could be like a, you know, 35, 31 type of game. I, I think the Packers will, will make it a very close game, but I just do not trust them to shut down the best receiver in the NFL, who by the way, is only 209 yards away from breaking Calvin Johnson's single season record. He needs 244 yards over the next two games to become the first ever 2000 yard receiver. I would be shocked if, if Jefferson breaks Johnson's record in this game alone. Oh. <laughs> I'll say it. That might be my best bet of the week. Justin Jefferson over 209 receiving yards. I think you like <laughs> someone put like a bet down on like which team Ovechkin would uh, like hit the 800th goal against and stuff. Yeah. So uh, they should have that out there. Let's see. Let's see if uh, they have it for LeBron. Uh, like you, you could bet. I think it's off the board now, but before the season started, you could bet the exact game that he would break Kareem's scoring record. So uh, that that kind of thing, I, I'd love to see that for for Jefferson and in, in the Calvin Johnson record. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I understand, and your your point's well taken about this Packers team. We left them for dead. That they, they've you know they've played better of late and everything, uh, reeling off some, some wins when they needed to, getting off the deck when they needed to. If they if there was going to be any hope, any life left in this season, they they needed to do what they what they've done in recent weeks. But is there? Another team that you could be less sold on that's good than the Vikings. No, no, you're right. I, I know it's tough. It's it's really tough. The Vikings are putting us in a really bad spot here. Uh, I mean, they've been like arguably the worst defense in the league for the last two months. Like I, I totally get it. Um, I mean, if you want to look at the Rodgers numbers, it, it's probably going to help your case. I mean, he's 27 and four straight up, 21 and 10 ATS at home in December or January in the regular season. The Packers just do not lose these games. I totally get that, but I, I don't think Christian Watson is going to play in this game. We'll see. Mm-hmm. He hasn't practiced all week. I think that is kind of the one home run hitter that you have on this offense, the type of player who really could exploit these weaknesses for the Vikings defense. I mean, Aaron Jones was banged up last week. AJ Dillon's been banged up. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, their, their new kick returner, who's been love that revelation. Guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you know, nobody's going to say like, oh man, Keyshawn Nixon's banged up. That's going to swing the line two points. Like, no, it's not, but it's a big deal for a team that struggles to move the ball at times. Like all of a sudden you're you're you know starting a drive from the Vikings 45-yard line because he reels off a 60-yard kick return. Like if he's not playing or if he's not himself, that's actually a pretty big deal for Green Bay. I just I, I don't know. I I think the luck runs out this week. I really do. Okay. I I'm on the Packers even still, but you know, the, those are, you know, important factors. Like if they don't have that special teams edge, that, that can be such a huge uh factor, you know, because so many teams just kind of askew the return game at, at this point. Mm-hmm. So when you have a difference maker, it, it really uh, does t- tend to stand out. So that Watson, uh, I, be- I bet you wish you had Sammy Watkins still. <laughs> yeah, he's back with the Ravens, right? He had a 40-yard catch last uh, week, and I was like, who is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure <laughs> enough. Uh, by the way, I just got a push notification to my phone that uh, Jair Alexander today called Justin Jefferson's huge week one against the Packers, quote, a fluke. So okay. love to see that. <laughs> Poke the bear. <laughs> good idea. Really good idea. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm solidly on the Vikings now. We'll, we'll see if that shifts the line at all. Um, <laughs> all right. Three more games to get to, uh, including your Ravens. Uh, let's go quickly through Rams Chargers. Uh, not a lot to see here. You know, Rams getting a little bump after last week. I think that that certainly injected some confidence. They've been they've been a borderline watchable team the last yeah. few weeks. You know, I, I, I was I wasn't a big believer in Baker. I'm still not. But it's at least been kind of fun to watch. So uh, they, they at least seem a, a little bit reinvigorated. And 
I think the one thing to keep in mind with the Rams is they don't own their pick. So there's really no incentive for them to not try hard to win this game. You, you know, Sean McVay wants to get as many wins as he can. Uh, I, I was I was close to putting this in the questionable, is this line a little bit too high zone? You know, it's six and a half in favor of the Chargers. I, I'm on the Rams to cover. I think the Chargers win, but I, I'm not quite ready to uh, anoint the Chargers as a team that we can really trust week to week, even though they, they've clinched a playoff berth. Yeah, I, I don't trust them either. Um, and Eckler's a little bit dinged. Um, I don't think that the that the Chargers are capable of, of you know, un, unless Nick Foles is playing, I suppose, uh, like playing a normal game or uh, avoiding like the, the proverbial, like playing down to their competition. Like that, that is absolutely their brand. Uh, the Rams are playing a lot better of late since Baker Mayfield came in. Uh, the Raiders game, obviously the the uh, the Broncos game. So I guess by that logic, if you're an AFC West team, Baker Mayfield's looking at you in a Rams uniform, you might be in trouble. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And you know, I mean, the Chargers they could still play for seeding, um, but again, you know, they they kind of climbed their mountain and and you know got into the playoffs last week. So I think it's you know it could be a letdown spot. Is all I'm saying for the Chargers. But obviously, they should win this game. They're the vastly more talented team at this point, especially with the injuries on the Rams side, but uh, I'm, I'm on Rams six and a half. Uh, I will take the chargers to win. Do you have any thoughts on this total sitting at 43? Um, I would take, I would take the, the over on that one. And then, uh, you know, I, I think that the Rams will be able to, to move the ball. I think Cam Akers has been really good of late. So I think that they're, they're going to score into the twenties. And I, I have a hard time thinking that, that the chargers can screw up enough to where they're, they're not also scoring into the twenties. So I, I'll take the over in this one. And then just uh, a question for, for the people. What would you do if you were playing on or if you're on a team and you were sharing the building with them? Uh, any hijinks that, that you would try to pull off on the other team since you would know the venue so well? Yeah, I mean, so what is this like, you know, paint the visitors locker room pink like Iowa? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you can really do here, right? I mean, you, you could you could set off like a stink bomb in the in the locker yeah, room. Yeah, I was thinking like, yeah, a cherry bomb in the toilet or something. Yeah, I think you got to do it. I mean, it's gamesmanship if you're the Chargers. I don't, I don't see how you can. Yeah, you got you got to mess with them. Uh, the road team in their home yeah. building. Very funny. Uh, yeah, maybe I, bucket I, of paint over the door. Classic see, gag. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched Home Alone over Christmas season. I, I, I got hijinks running through my head. Oh, yeah. All right. Speaking of hijinks, Steelers Ravens, uh, mm. two and a half is the number in favor of Baltimore. They are at home in this game. Uh, you know, still no official clarity on Lamar Jackson. He did not practice once again on Thursday. I think the the expectation at this point is fully that he will not play. Um, however, with this being a late kickoff on Sunday, you know, you never know. But uh, this line certainly implies that it will be Tyler Huntley. Uh, are, are you okay with the Ravens at two and a half here? It, it that line makes total sense to me. I think. You know, the, the Steelers have been so up and down this year. Um, they obviously were able to, to get the win late last week. Um, the first time Kenny Pickett gets hurt, Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, they outplayed the Ravens, but they, it was at home. But, mm -hmm. you know, if Trubisky doesn't throw those three interceptions uh, deep in Baltimore territory, if, if Calais Campbell doesn't block that field goal, uh, we're probably talking about the Steelers looking for the season sweep in this particular spot. I do think that the Ravens have found their ground game. Finally, it looks like Dobbins is you know back to being himself, and Gus Edwards was running all over everybody last week, just a yard short of the century mark, and I think it was on like just eleven carries or something. So that the theory of that backfield that we were all hoping to see coming into the year, I think we're starting to see that. Um, so as long as Huntley can you know make the occasional throw, move the chains a little bit. 
Um, I think that the Ravens and their ground game are, are going to be able to do basically what they want against the Steelers. It, it's tough to sweep the Steelers or, or this rivalry. It's always tough to, to win both of them. Although I guess in recent years, the Steelers had swept the Ravens, I think at least two years in a row. Um, that doesn't but, matter. Uh, and the Ravens bad at home this year. I think last week was the first time that they've covered at home all season. This, this really is a weekend that's potentially set up for a lot of pain for your boy. Like if Georgia screws up on Saturday night and then the Ravens lose to the Steelers, like I'm going to be in hell. Uh, something very similar to that happened last year when Georgia lost to Alabama. And then the next day uh, the Ravens lost to the Steelers. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a reversal of fortunes this time around. I think the upside to the Ravens losing is if the Chargers win, then maybe the Ravens could could duck that potential wildcard matchup at the bank against the Jags. You know, mm. I think you obviously if you're the Ravens, you'd much rather play at Cincinnati, at yeah. Buffalo, or at KC. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to get as far away from Duval in yes, January. Exactly. Uh yeah, I this is a tough one with Huntley. I mean, I, I the Steelers seem to be like they're not eliminated. You know, they're technically alive. They have a minuscule chance to make the playoffs. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but they are playing for the Tomlin streak. I, I think that means something. Um, you know, when, when this team is at full strength with TJ Watt, they're a completely different beast. Uh, so I, I do think we get a close game. You know, the line obviously implies that as well. And just a criminally low total here, John, 35. Yeah, and I like the under. I, I do too. This, this this reeks of uh like a 15 to, to 12 game. You know, maybe yeah, missed yeah, not just an under, but a weird score, yes. like a, a what happened there type of deal. Yeah, kind of like a punter like slips the ball out of the end zone, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I would take the over on safeties in this game. Uh, that brings us to the game of the week, unquestionably. Bills at Bengals, potential game of the year. Uh, I mean, very rare to get this type of matchup this late in the season. Major implications as far as AFC playoff seeding goes. Um, Bengals, one-point dogs at home. I don't like it. I, I'm on the Bengals here. I, I think they they showed us quite a bit earlier this season taking care of Kansas City. At home, I think Kansas City is a better team than the Buffalo Bills. I, I think the Bills have a lower floor. They have not really shown off that mm-hmm. ceiling all that often over the second half of the season. And Cincinnati, John, as we know, all they do is win and all they do is cover seven straight wins, seven straight covers. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, they're just hot at the right time right now. They're going to be at home. This is a huge game. Joe, you know, this is, you know, pseudoscience or whatever. But like Joe Burrow does like rise to the moment. Um, I, I feel like he's he's ready to rock in this one. Not to say that Josh Allen uh, wilts in those same situations, but I think you know Burrow is going to be absolutely dialed in. I, I think that you know this Bills defense is good, but I, I think that the weapons that Cincinnati has now that they've started to get healthy at the right time, this sets up nicely for the Bengals. I'm a little bit surprised that, that they're dogs. Honestly, I, I would have I, I could have seen them being minus one and not really blinked. Um, so. I really like the Bengals in this spot. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more of them uh, towards the end of the show. But yeah, I, I not only like them to cover, but obviously uh, I think that they win on Monday night. Yeah, I think so too. I really do. I, I think this is a, you know, they've kind of already had their statement win, it feels like against Kansas City, but another huge opportunity at home for Cincinnati. So I'm with you. I, I just, you know, and this, we, we could put it the other way too. It's a, a potential statement opportunity for Buffalo. That's for sure. Uh, a team that kind of, maybe not in their eyes, but in the public size, I, I think, needs one of these type of wins. Yeah. They they need to re-enter the discourse. They're they're for a team as good as it, as it is. And, you know, for as runaway of Super Bowl favorites as they were earlier in Mm -hmm. the season, feels like it's been awful quiet coming out of Buffalo lately. 
It has. It certainly has. All right, John, let's finish up here. Get into our parlays of the week. I'll hand out the teaser of the week. We hit one again last week. We're red hot on the teasers, and then we will get into our locks. Uh, give me your uh, against the spread afternoon delight parlay for week 17. Okay, so here we go. Um, I, again, afternoon window, Sunday. Give me the Packers minus three. Uh, give me the Rams plus six and a half. And give me so I'm 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 going slightly against the definition of of this particular parlay because I got a money line in here, but That's San fine. Francisco just the money line. Um, but you could do the spread and ju- and juice the odds a little bit further. But uh, if you get those three right, that's plus three forty five. I'm good with that. Good stuff there. No qualms for me. I'm going Jacksonville minus four. I, I really think the Jags take care of business here. Uh, I'm going San Francisco minus nine and a half. Not going money line. I'll take them up to nine and a half. Okay. And I am taking Philly minus six and a half at home against the Saints, locking in the one seed, clinching the NFC East. I, I think they go for it. That gets you to plus 595 over at BetMGM. Uh, let's go to the underdog parlays. Okay, so got a couple of money lines and a spread. Um, give me the Panthers money line. Give me the Browns money line and give me the Rams plus six and a half. That'll get you up to plus 882. Ooh, I like that one quite a bit. All right. Uh, by the way, money line dogs, we're, we're covering at a 40.3% clip weeks one through 10. Uh, it's been only 27% the last six weeks. So uh, dogs got off to a hot start. They, they've cooled off a, a little bit. Uh, my parlay, we're, we're going straight money lines here. And we are starting with the Panthers. To, to, all they got to do, win straight up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going uh, right up against you. I'm taking the Vikings money line at Lambeau Field, and I'm taking the Steelers money line uh, at Baltimore. Sorry about that. That gets you to plus uh, 1,278. If you're if you're really feeling it, if you're in sicko mode this weekend, why not throw in the Cardinals money line? They're a dog. That'll get you almost double. That'll, that'll get you to plus 3,345. Dang, just for the the Cardinals beating the Falcons, that that shifts the odds that much. And we could completely see a scenario in which the Cardinals do indeed beat the Falcons. I'm on the Falcons, but, you know, far from strong on it. Yeah, that's uh, I I think I have Bengals over Bills as my one pointer uh, in Pickham this week. But uh, Falcons Cardinals, that's that's an absolute two pointer. uh, No doubter. Uh, Let's get to the teaser of the week. Last week, we uh, we threw out a six and a half pointer. And we teased Tampa down to 0.5. They won. That's really the only good thing they've done all year. They saved the teaser. Uh, the Ravens won and the 49ers won. Uh, we, we also gave the option to uh, tease that Browns total and uh, take the under. Uh, that also hit. So we're, we're in good shape there. This week, we are going with a seven-pointer. And we're, we're going to test things a little bit here, John. Uh, we are going to take the Kansas City Chiefs down to five and a half against the Denver Broncos. We are going to take the Colts up to 13 points. against the New York Giants. Love that one. We are going to take the Minnesota Vikings from plus three and a half to plus 10 and a half. I think they keep that within 10. And, you know, I I got an either or for you. If you want to finish this off, you can keep it at just those three. But if you want to push this thing to plus 200, uh, I will allow you to do either Steelers Ravens total tease it up from 35 to 42 and obviously take the under there. Or if you want to involve the Jags, if if you're feeling hot, take the Jags from minus four up to plus three. At that point, you know, I'm expecting a Jags win. I don't think they let that slip. Um, you know, not not the greatest number to tease to, obviously, but I don't think the Texans win that game. So in my mind, it's basically Jaguars win by one or more. 
Yeah. I mean, that both are such tantalizing options. You know, I just said that I liked the under of 35, like under 35 and I was right. feeling good about that, but Jags as dogs as field goal dogs against the Texans. Yeah. I, I think the Jags would be the leg to add there. Yeah, this was this was a fun week for teasers. It's it's usually you know I'm kind of playing around and it takes me a while to to find something that I like. But as you can see, I, I had too many options. So yeah, I mean if you want to make this a five leg teaser, by all means, go ahead and do that over at BetMGM as long as you use our promo code BetRoto free first bet um, or risk free first bet I should say up to a thousand dollars. Do that over at BetMGM.com or on the BetMGM app. All right, John, it's time our, our penultimate locks of the regular season. Who are you going with? Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I'm just picturing Burrow sitting there in the LSU locker room smoking the cigar. Uh, just the vibe's too powerful. No, but but for for real, like I, I think that the Bengals are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They've proved it a bunch this year, but I, I think notching one more in the belt with, by beating the the Bills on national TV like that, they're going big game hunting, folks. Uh, give me the Bengals. Okay. I love it. That would be eight straight covers for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I could tell you I'm choosing between Philly minus six and a half and Jacksonville minus four and a half. I'm going Jags. I'm going Jags. I'm not doing yes. two weeks in a row. We're going Jags. They're, they're winning this game. They're, they're taking care of business. They're keeping the momentum going as they head into that week 18 showdown. Ryan Tannehill went on IR today. Things are looking up for the Jags. I think, I think it's going to be a celebratory weekend down in Duval County. I think the Jags win big here. Uh, So I will lock up Jacksonville minus four against Houston. You are locking Bengals plus one at home against the Bills. Best of luck this week to you, John, to all the listeners, to everybody watching on YouTube. We appreciate you following us along this season. Make sure if you're betting on the NFL this weekend, you're doing it at betmgm.com or on the BetMGM app. And one more time, make sure you use our promo code BETROTO, B-E-T-R-O-T-O. First bet risk-free up to $1,000. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.